seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> Flawless, baby. That's nice. That's perfect. How, why haven't we been doing that before? <laughs> I bought a metronome for this. For this specifically? Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, my God. That was so consistent. I was just counting down. It was flawless, dude. What's up, everybody? This is the Constant Crusade Podcast. I'm EJ Olson. What's the Constant Crusade Podcast? Uh, I don't know. Nick Durheim, tell me what it is. What What is it today? Mega Man is the son of Samus and Master Chief. You heard it here, folks. But that's just a theory. A game theory. <laughs> I'm so hyped now. I'm so hyped. All right. Anyway, today today's the day we're talking some stuff. Today, it's just more about a little bit of general housekeeping. You know what I'm saying? Some, some odds and ends. We don't have too much time to record, so we're going to be talking... You know, kind of what we've been playing lately. A little Skyrim. A little Mario. 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 I finally beat it. Finally, you're like three weeks late on that train. I was a little late, but hey, at least I committed and I did it. I think I I beat it on the Saturday or Sunday after it came out. Yeah, like I hadn't even started the damn thing by the time you beat it. We're, we're going to follow up on the Battlefront controversy, EA, the whole thing. Uh, you guys are going to be shocked to learn that Nick finally owns a video game console. A real one. <laughs> what did you uh, What did you go out and buy? I decided it was time for me to graduate from that fake baby gamer stuff that Nintendo does. So I got myself <laughs> a real man's console. Bought myself a PS4 because Black Friday deals are just bursting through my chest. So I had to buy something. I ended up uh, actually picking up a few Black Friday Black Friday deals. I've been considering some some games that are real real cheap now, dude. You know, Best Buy does all of their stuff. If you're an Elite Rewards member, like if you spent you know so many dollars i think it's fifteen hundred dollars yeah i was looking at that but i'm not near that that threshold yet <laughs> no well between uh my girlfriend and i we definitely hit that we I mean, we bought a dryer this year and you know all sorts oh, of yeah. other things so i have all the black friday deals early so i picked up i bought horizon today i bought fracture but hole for like 28 dollars or something mm-hmm. uh and then i picked up xenoverse on the switch xenoverse 2 yeah. yeah yeah it was 20 bucks um and i mm-hmm. almost i almost got Assassin's Creed, but I figured that's a game I want to play on PC and I'll get it on a Steam sale this Christmas or whatever. Right. Um, surprisingly, well, not so surprisingly, I guess. Disappointingly, Nintendo really wasn't running too many deals on any of their, any of their games. None of the first party, but that's kind of how it always is. They've got some deals on their Nintendo Selects, but at this point, you probably already own those. Like I saw some 3DS games on sale, but yeah, $15 for a 3DS game. If you don't already own it, then yeah, sure. Get Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon. That's a great game. Right, right. Do you ever beat that game? No, because it's on the 3DS. Oh, fair <laughs> it's like, that's not the right thing for me to play. I don't want to, I don't want to dust that, that old thing off. Otherwise, I would have, I would have bought like a new game. Would have bought Metroid Returns or Samus Returns at this point. In our, in our Nintendo group chat, there was a fella. All right. I'm pointing fingers at you, Chris, you motherfucker, who... Who thinks that Samus Returns is a better game than Mario Odyssey? Which, I mean, if you're into Metroid games and not as into 3D Mario games, then that's a very easy assessment to make. But it's also on the 3DS, so nobody wants that. We won't do it this pod, but uh, in the next two weeks, we're going to do a uh, the Game Awards predictions. We're going to give our predictions, and then we're going to give our personal picks and kind of just you know wax on that a bit. You guys are going to be really mad at me when I when it comes to game of the year and nintendo so uh, i don't hold that against you chris i just had to you know throw some salt some shade your way splatoon 2 game of the year 
<laughs> Honestly, no, man. If it wasn't just a port, that would be uh, probably I, I put the most time into that. But we'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get. Yeah, we should probably do that next week, just because Game Awards will approach on us very quickly. Yeah, because it's on a Thursday, I think. So depending on what the turnaround is from this point forward, because we've been kind of doing some catch up. If you've noticed on your feeds, you listeners <laughs> doing like <laughs> double duties, getting double dips on the weeks, and you're getting two more this week. Yeah, but hey, we've been recording every Monday. So that's one step closer to being consistent and not, I'm not, you know, me not being a trash person. Well, both of us not being trash people. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to throw you under the bus. I was trying to take the fall for you there, Nick. Hey, man, I'll take that bus. We are the Constant Crusade. We're partners in crime here. You're bugging me because I was taking my sweet time because I just got, you know, the PS4. So I was hooking that up, getting my PS and account like all hooked up and everything and trying to get, get it all sorted out. And that was like an hour ago. And you're like, Nick, (laughs) messaging me frantically, trying to get me to get on my computer so we can record hey man i had a beautiful woman over here we were the fact that she was beautiful really has no bearing on anything i just want everyone to know that i you know i hang out with pretty people (laughs) 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 i'm kidding but anyway nobody believes you no i know i know i know whatever all right so i was sitting on my throne made of gold and i was just burning piles of cash because uh, I live a fantasy life. Wait, what's that? I, I can't hear you all the way down here if you're all the way up in your ivory tower. <laughs> anyway, let's get the fuck out with this shit. I want to I want to dive into the PlayStation thing here because we've talked about this so many times on the podcast where you say, oh, I might get one. You knew I would, though. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I've said that I will. It's just I was waiting for a good deal. And Amazon, I bought it for 200 bucks. So that's a good that's deal, a I good think. Deal. That's a good deal. New Slim got a terabyte of storage. I mean, I'm good to go. I think we, we are currently in like this golden age of video games. The, the, the holy trinity is PC, PS4, Nintendo Switch. Like you got your Nintendo exclusives, you do your multi multiplayer shit on the PlayStation. Uh, plus PlayStation has, you know, 20 phenomenal exclusives, right? You're not into all of them, but but they're there. And then PC for for everything else. And if you're not a stickler for super high quality gaming then you don't even need the pc part of that equation i mean that's true that's true but i'm a i'm a horror of of the graphical variety so which is why you play destiny on ps4 well or actually you don't even play destiny because you're a fake gamer i haven't touched it i just i you know haven't had the time <laughs> story of my life but no it's, it's the thing is all my friends have have it on, uh, on ps4 so it's it's one of those things yeah you get yourself invested in a a platform then that's your default platform especially multiplayer yeah. you know all of our friends have ps4s everybody and it was kind of you know crazy. We don't and we don't have to dive into why Sony's been so wildly successful, but it was kind of weird seeing everyone go from having an Xbox to a PlayStation, and it kind of took me a minute to like be okay with that because I always the PS3 to me always was this gross console. All the multiplat games ran like shit on it, and it wasn't until 2009, 2010, 2011 that it really caught up in terms of catalog. And so by then I was I was too far gone. Yeah, 360 never really had exclusives as as much as ps3 did they had like the third party relations of stuff released a little bit earlier on their platform and it was like for like a while too i remember uh, mass effect was a xbox exclusive for a good while and skyrim nobody ever wanted to play that on ps3 just because of how buggy it was because sony decided to have a terrible architecture for their their system best-selling console of all time the ps2 you know as you pointed out last time we talked about it they're probably still selling those things in brazil or some shit oh yeah they definitely are i mean they only <laughs> stopped making games for it like two years ago it was like fifa 2015 was the last uh, playstation 2 game that's amazing really amazing but 
you know, they came in, they said, okay, we'll make this ridiculous $900 console. We'll sell it for 600 and just expect that people will buy it because it's this boutique item. It's this premium item. And, you know, PlayStation is synonymous with, with video games in the way that Nintendo was in the eighties and nineties. Right. You know, to, to, to a parent, every gaming system was a Nintendo. Yeah. You get the, you get the, the Sony Nintendo, <laughs> not just Ben Heck has it at that point. <laughs> was it the. Nintendo PlayStation or no? Was it the Nintendo PlayStation? Was that with the working? I, I I'm curious though. It was either that or the Sony Super Nintendo. Kind of like how Philips had that weird GameCube that could play DVDs. Dude, that thing is a fucking tank. Have you seen that thing? Well, it's also disgusting. Why do they make it all chrome? Dude, that's awful. That's how you know you're getting what you pay for back in the fucking <laughs> mid 2000s. Like stupid spaceship. Oh man, you're uh, you're officially with us on this console crusade, Nick. Yeah, Barlet. Finally, part of the the crew. Welcome. You're gonna let me let me borrow slash have some games. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know if you're ever gonna get around to playing them again. Well, you know, I'm selling so many of my games right now, like ninety percent of my collection, and a lot of my modern stuff's also going. But that's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. I'll give you. I give you a good deal. I'll buy you some Thai food. See, I'd be I'd be more than happy to go on a lunch date with you, and you can just have all the games that you're interested in. Because I got the Bloodborne. I'm pretty sure I still have Bloodborne. And I've got Ratchet and Clank and I've got Uncharted. Yeah, like what other games that I would actually want to play? I think Andrew said he was going to let me borrow uh, Last of Us Remaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can try that out. Chris is bugging me about that too. I hope you can find it in your heart to fall for a game like that. I know it's it's just really basic cover shooter. You know, it's a fucking Naughty Dog game. Uh, but it's more about the story. And I know you're kind of like, if I want story, I'll watch a movie. Or I'll read a book, right? Well, you know how you have that, you have your own personal like disconnect with cartoons in general. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about video game characters. Like they're never very good. They're never like they can have like a good performance, but the best performance is just a mocap. And at that point, just do an FMV game. <laughs> yeah. Give me some snatcher shit, bro. I want to point and click my way through. The only reason they do motion capture is so they can do like different angles with the camera. After the fact, which right. is cool. That's a cool thing, but it doesn't make me feel any more attached to the character. Well, maybe this will be the game that grabs a hold of you and doesn't let go. And see that intro with Joel running from his house for the millionth time. I swear I've seen that intro exactly at one million times. Well, you know, I had actually also seen it over and over before I ever actually bought it myself. I had even owned a PlayStation. I've seen that intro on par with as many times I've seen the first episode of Arrested Development. For that, I... I'm terribly sorry. You want to talk about things that we don't get? You don't even like Arrested Development, so I don't know how I could trust anything you think. You like four today. I know. Oh wow, we gotta we gotta make it personal. You son of a gun. <laughs> okay, we, let's move on from this before anyone can figure out what four today really is. PlayStation led. Are there any other exclusives that that you're interested in playing? I was thinking about picking up uh, Neo or Nio, however you pronounce that, because I saw that on sale at at, a, at Best Buy. But it's also coming to PC, so I don't know if I want to wait for a, a PC sale because that, that seems like a game that would really, really take the improvements of like frame rate and everything and like make it a better experience. That's like a Dark Souls or Bloodborne kind of game. Yeah, it seems I was going to say, I remember back when Colin Moriarty was still covering games, he, he was talking about that and I was like, oh, this looks like a game for Nick. This looks like not a game for EJ. <laughs> yeah, and I've heard good things about it. I just, I would like to play it on PC, I think. Oh, yeah. Ideally, I would play Bloodborne on PC, but that's never going to happen because that's a Sony published game. Hopefully, Bloodborne for you, even after two or three years, lives up to the hype you, you've been hearing about for years now. So, well, yeah, I played it a little bit over the weekend, got to the third boss, but it's still it's rough with all like the the frame rate drops, and it's a it's like a almost thirty 
throughout and that's just kind of rough especially when you're, i'm used to playing dark souls at 60 fps and for a game like that where you're trying to be as precise as possible oh yeah it's so easy to be like i'm not gonna go full full max and start blaming the the input lag or whatever but it feels kind of bad sometimes and that's just not the most ideal situation shouts out to max montgomery of oppressive between two hills podcast how many controllers has that boy broken in a fit of rage blaming the game i'd say probably more than three <laughs> that's a lot of controllers probably less than seven right probably yeah it's given the benefit of that doubt yeah <laughs> but i don't know he's been at it a long time he's a professional yeah <laughs> mlg <laughs> well what have you uh what have you been playing lately i mean obviously you said you were playing some bloodborne but now you got that ps4 i imagine that's all you'll be doing for the next week we'll see whenever you get up here and i can borrow some games from you because otherwise i'll just look at that that start screen and just kind of like oh look at that it depends on if i end up going like buying games physically on black friday or whatever yeah so i'm looking into picking up some games on the switch and then if i'm there then i'll kind of peruse the the ps4 aisles and think about what i want to play because mostly it's just the stuff i want to borrow from you and like andrew that's pretty much all i can think of that i want to play that is literally sony exclusive beyond that it'd be like multiplayer games if if the guys wrote me into getting overwatch or something overwatch is i missed that boat man i I bought it the first week was out maybe well maybe it was the second week and i played it for about a week and and i enjoyed it a lot but i felt like even having missed two weeks or whatever everyone was already so hardcore and i was playing catch up and and the guys in our play group or would-be play group you know they were kind of doing their thing and it just never grasped me you know it's something i might go back to again if the play group's there although i said that about destiny and i just haven't had the time to even turn that fucking game on which sucks so bad (laughs) i miss it like you're saying it definitely depends on whether or not the people i would play with are still playing it and they badger me enough into getting it (laughs) right because there's no way i'm like soloing through that i'm not gonna join randos and try to play with them there's no way i'm plugging in a like a headset unless it's to talk to my actual friends and not some weird strangers that are going to harass me for not being good at the game because I'm definitely not going to be good. I wonder, is your Logitech headset going to work with the PlayStation? I imagine it would have to. I haven't tried. I mean, that was something I was going to look into, but that also the PS4 comes with those dinky little earbuds. I think that has a, a mic attached to it. If I really wanted to try. Oh, they're so bad. Oh, Nick, they're so bad. I, I bet. But at the same time, with a game like Overwatch, I'd rather have that kind of communication. And besides, the whole point of the game is to hang out with your friends. Totally. Which is even more so than like Splatoon. I played Splatoon by myself more often than not, really. Yeah. And that was a fine experience. I, I really, I thought that was a lot better than Overwatch just because the, the matches are shorter and they're less intensive. Like you feel less like you're in charge of making sure that the team wins. Right. Or if the team loses, it's not your fault. Like it's everyone contributes to your failure. Right. And we've so been a little bit less high stakes. I, I dipped my toes back in the, the Splatoon pond. Oh, did not play the Splatfest. I didn't. I just I was gone for two days and I had no chance to play. And yeah. but but the, this last prior, you know, the week prior, we were we were jumping in and we put an hour or two in. And it was nice to jump back because this summer when the game came out, we were playing all the flipping time. And, uh, and it's just a lot of fun when you have a bunch of people going and, and I know it's a pain in the ass that you can't always be, you always can't party up with, with your friends and the teams are randomized once you're in a lobby together. Mm. But that's almost kind of fun because you never know like who, who's, you know, if you have four or five people, you never know who's going to be on whose team. Uh, and so sometimes it's interesting, you know, like so-and-so will be on a, on a team now. Oh, and then it'll be three versus one. 
Um, and then you have the, the rare chance where everyone's on the same team that happens once in a blue moon and everyone gets excited. So it, it kind of keeps it interesting, but it was nice to jump back in and. Yeah, the best fun I had with the whole shuffling around aspect when you're teamed up or partied up is whenever there was four or more people. Because like you're saying, it would be really funny when it was like two on two and it's like, oh, it's me and EJ. We got to take out, take on Leaf and Drew. Or then it'd be me and Leaf against you and Drew. Or then it was like one of us versus three of the other. Like that's that's le- legitimately a really cool kind of fun thing, especially when the match is only three minutes long. Right. I don't care. I wish we could party up in ranked mode, though. Well, that's why there's the second ranked mode. The yeah, you have to get to a certain rank, and then I can't remember what it's called, but it's like league or something. League, yeah, league mode where you have to be either teams of two or teams of four. Because if you and me wanted to play, then we get teamed up with another pair of people, yeah, and that's how that works. It's just it's also frustrating though, because more often than not, we have three people, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, if we want to play ranked, well, it just means we have to play Triforce Heroes, dude. Oh my god. Maybe some Federation or, Force. Yeah, Federation <laughs> Force. Yes, exactly. Thank you. See, Nintendo, <laughs> they understand that people play in threes. <laughs> you know, I think Leaf actually really is into that game. Chris, too. I think they, they've asked us a few times. I think Leaf is an unapologetic Nintendo apologist. <laughs> that was a sentence, and I think you're probably right. I stumbled through it, but boy, I got there. Leaf, you're a shill, goddammit. Seriously, uh, I expect $20 from you from those Nintendo fun money. Give me the eShop <laughs> credits. Oh, man, those things are valuable. Let me tell you what. That's what the world will be running on in uh, the event of the apocalypse. It'll be all Nintendo eShop credits. That sounds like a very stable economy because nothing ever changes price in that damn shop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We just we just solved the apocalypse, man. Damn, dude. That's all it took. Nintendo. Reggie fils will be fucking running the New World Order. <laughs> Our planet is ready. <laughs> oh, no. i love it i love no, it to be serious though i was actually checking out the uh eShop because there's a dedicated spot for sales now right and there were some games on there that i was thinking about maybe getting because they're like 30 percent off and it's like ah, eh, you know i wouldn't buy this for ten dollars but for seven i might but i didn't actually end up buying i was just i was browsing because i like to do that every now and then i would like to browse more if there was some sick you know music in the background so I'm like dun 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 well, I wonder why there isn't any music. Even just, why not just carry over to the old eShop music? Oh, then be, the eShop would start running at like 15 frames per second, just massive stuttering. It's just not strong enough. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, you know what? You're looking at the eShop at like 360p. That's fucking garbage. <laughs> Interlaced. That's fucking garbage. Okay, speaking of which, just kind of transition a little bit. I kind of want to steer this boat for a moment. You played Mario mostly in handheld or on in docked? I used to probably split it pretty evenly down the middle. Pretty evenly. Did you notice uh, how weird it would look in, in handheld sometimes? Uh, yeah. I mean, it definitely looked worse handheld than it did on the TV. And well, not just worse, but like I was playing handheld, I think, one time. And it, it, there's just, I don't know if it was because of the camera angle or just like the perfect storm of events. But there was a very weird kind of jaggedness to Mario and not like the angles were stepping. But like there was literally a back and forth like houndstooth looking pattern on a vertical edge of him comparing him to the background and i was like i was like moving the camera so there was like the dynamic dynamic resolution kind of kicking in with that too and i think that was contributing but i was looking into it and it was because they're they they do this thing where it's running at half the resolution and it like bounces back frame by frame oh god or it refreshes so it's like a stuttering it's like a rolling 30 that makes it look like a 60 wow i, I didn't ever notice that that's like so apparently it works like pretty well. If I, if I only noticed it one time and you didn't really notice it at all. Yeah. This is kind of interesting. So it's like a, it's like 
640 by 720 and then they stretch it and like do this like weird nintendo magic and got it to to run 60 pretty much locked nintendo magic's the right word i never experienced any slowdown in mario uh the only time i experienced slowdown was in new donk city mm. which so let me just say new donk city my, my feelings about it are, are are twofold first off i was really weirded out just by the whole concept of being in a city with these real looking at people and you know proper human anatomy and then like the mayor was like like pro- you know proportionate whoa, 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 whoa. to a human how proper is this human anatomy what are you playing Mario with the hot coffee mug? <laughs> Seeing some danguses? Oh, no. Some danguses. Some vacuchers? <laughs> I saw someone's chain chomp, that's for sure. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but, the quick over here. Oh, no. The, dude, the mayor, dude, with the, she's proportionally accurate, but like has mm-hmm. this weird, scary animu face. I was so not about it. Yeah, she's the only one with a real face in that, in that kingdom. Very, very creepy. But I was, I just, it was weird running around like New Dog City felt lifeless to me. It was just kind of gray and boring in a lot of aspects. And I was just like, this doesn't feel like Mario to me. But then uh, at the same time, I was equally upset about how small it was. New Dog City was extremely small compared to some of the bigger kingdoms. I feel like maybe, maybe that's just my perception of it, but I felt like it's just one big block. And I was like, okay, I should be able to get lost in a goddamn city, but it's, it's just, it's so condensed. It felt like, yeah, it seems like you're probably dragging in expectations from other games where you're in a city like a Grand Theft Auto or Infamous and that kind of uh, colored your your vision of it because for me it seemed like that was probably the most full like it was the most dense city like it's not sprawling but there's like a lot of buildings there's a lot of buildings you can just like go into a lot of buildings you're like sidekicking and jumping up to the top a lot of verticality yeah similar to the 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 wooded kingdom but a little bit less like hidden like nooks and crannies that the Wooded Kingdom had. More just like interesting ways to get about with like swinging on lampposts and using the electricity to go up buildings and flinging yourself with the traffic cones. Mario is interesting for me. Initially, I really loved the mechanics. I, I was really enthralled with with how everything felt. And I thought Cappy was just a really interesting way to to iterate on the Mario formula. Uh, instead of having power-ups, you just have this hat that kind of does it all. About midway through the game, I quit being so obsessed with finding every moon as I went and just was like, okay, let me just experience the level, kind of go explore briefly, beat the boss and move on just to beat the game, unlock the rest of the moons and get on with it. Man, I hit that midway point, like probably maybe a little bit after the midway point is after new donk city and you're doing like the ice kingdom and then like bub lane, the, you know, the beach or whatever. I just, Oh, it was a slog. It felt like such a chore. I just, cause I couldn't wait for it to be over. And then you get to the, the last act. And every time you think the game was going to end, it kept going. And I was like, it was so drawn out. I know some people probably really enjoyed that, but I was just ready for the game to be over and ready to move on to the post game where I could just focus on hunting the moons I, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm disappointed by the game because this is everything I would have ever expected from a Mario game. I'm disappointed in myself, Nick. All right. That as you should be. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. As uh, my, some of my tastes, my attention span, whatever's wrong with me that I, I enjoyed it. Uh, right. And I, I've liked the final boss battles. You know, I thought I kind of geeked out when you got to spoiler alert, everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just full, full disclosure. We're going to be talking. <laughs> we're going to talk about the entire last like three levels of the, of the game and just get out of here if you don't want to be here we'll 
we won't alert you to come back. So to sort of like keep skipping. Uh, to, be, to be fair, I'm pretty sure our only listeners are the people we talk to about this shit every day. So, and they've also everyone's already beaten this game. You're the only one who has it. I know. I know. I'm terrible. No. So you know, you beat Bowser. Well, you go through his fucking gauntlet. The level, the last level was cool. Second to last level, I guess. When you're you're just kind of running around and I thought you were gonna talk about the uh little cutscene where this the dragon shows up. Oh, the dragon was badass. Because that was like, what what's happening here? And then you crash land and you're like in a Dark Souls level, you're like, what's going on? <laughs> it was super <laughs> it was super out of place. Well, it was funny too because you know, Charles Martinet voice voices Mario. Uh but he also voiced Parthenax in Skyrim. A dragon. <laughs> Which very deep voice. You know, fucking crazy, crazy Nathan voice. explosion was his backup. Uh, <laughs> his mermaider, mermaider. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so when I saw the dragon, I did, all I could think of was like, you know, is he doing the voice for Mario and this dragon right now? Yeah, we got some uh, some parent trap action going on here. Can we, can we verify who voice acted the dragon? The voice didn't have any dialogue. Or the voice, the dragon didn't have any dialogue, but nobody in the game has dialogue except for like the singing parts, which is also weird. How did you feel about the ending of New Donk City where it has like the big like fireworks show and you do the 2D platforming stuff and the songs is going in the background. There's super hype, fun, cool, cute. I loved, I loved all of the, 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 the 2D platforming aspects of this game. And at the very end, actually, when you, would you get to okay? I I cracked a smile when you got to control Bowser. I don't know why. I just didn't ever think that was possible. Like I never once put two and two together. Like from the very get go, as soon as he took off his hat, I was like, "You're gonna be you're gonna be Bowser at the end of this game." There's no way you're not. I I just don't know how I didn't even consider it. I was more surprised by Cat Bowser in Mario World and 3D World. Oh <laughs> really? Yeah, I was like, "Holy crap!" Of course he could be a cat too <laughs> and chase me up this freaking building. Uh, yeah, I, I just didn't. I, you know, I fought the dragon and then I went through his gauntlet and then I was like, all right, Peach is safe. The game's over. Wait. Well, you fight the dragon mind. and then you do, you do Bowser's castle. Right. Bowser's kingdom, which I thought was really cool. That was a really, really cool take on a, a Bowser stage where it's not like a foreboding castle. It's this Japanese, like traditional kind of inspired sprawling series of islands. I thought that was really cool. I loved when we got to the moon and see, you know, it had a different gravity. So it completely changed. The way Mario controlled and the different things you can get to, and you'd see, oh, I can't do that. Wait a fucking minute. Yes, I can because I'm on the goddamn moon. All right. Let me Neil Armstrong my ass up the side of this cliff. I love Mario games where you go to the moon. That's just that's just one of my favorite things. There's been several. Uh I didn't play the Galaxy games, but you go to the moon in 3D World, don't you? Isn't that one of the special? No, no, no. Maybe. No. I'm not sure. I I don't know if I did the challenge road. Okay. Uh you can go to the moon in Mario Land 2, six golden coins. Okay. That's got the low gravity there too. Uh, Super Paper Mario also has a moon stage. I never played the Paper Mario games after uh, GameCube. You didn't even really play the GameCube one. Eh, You're not a Mario guy. Like halfway through. Hey man, I've beaten more Mario games than I have any other franchise. Save for maybe Dragon Ball Z games. They're very short games and they're very good. So I would hope so. (laughs) Yeah, you know. I've beaten more Mario games than I've not played Mario games. That was a confusing statement. I, I see so what you're saying. I've, I've beaten more than half of the Mario games. Yeah. So now that now that you can talk spoilers, what are what were some of your favorite things about this game? What were some of those moments that, that tickled you, made you stand up, quote unquote, and you know, and wig out a bit? There's a lot of really cool get hype moments. Uh, some of the lesser, like not so much hype, but I liked all the bosses that you fought with a transformation. I thought those were really cool and really interesting and uniquely designed. 
Right. Like the uh, the flower stealing UFO thing, the giant octopus with his creepy mustache. Yeah. The lava head, the lava dome. The the mech, brutal, the brutal mech at the end of the Bowser's Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, just all those were just a really interesting and fun uh, mechanic versus the brutal fights, which were more kind of, they could have just easily been Koopa Kids. Yeah. But I don't know, whatever. They're just shitty, shitty, shitty boss fights. I don't know. They're, they're fine. <laughs> uh, a big fan of the end of New Dunk City. I really liked that whole music number and then running through the 2D area and getting all the coins and everyone's just cheering and having a good time. I guess it's the happy moment. Of course, the the dragon showing up, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> that, was, that was totally caught me completely by surprise. Yeah. And then you fight it and it's like, that's a pretty cool boss fight. You don't transform, but it's a not brutal uh, boss fight. So I enjoyed it because of that. Yeah. Not a big fan of the brutals, man. Really not a big fan of them. Both Bowser fights were good. They're pretty much uh, what I've expect, come to expect since, uh, well, even more. They're better than 3D world boss fights. They're about, as, they're about on par with the galaxy boss fights of Bowser. Being on the moon was cool. The low gravity and having the the platform challenges associated with that. And then you haven't gotten to this point yet. Probably not. But there's two uh, challenge stages past the moon that are the dark side and the darker side. Mm, Very cool. And the dark side, the first part is a boss rush where you face all four brutals and then the mech mech version of them afterwards. And you're fighting them on the moon. So your gravity is a lot lower. They're like a, a higher tiered version of themselves like the hat guy has he has three hats then he has like six, seven hats then he has like 20 hats and he's he's messed up he he messed me up consistently like the ponytail girl she's got two of the the bomb things attached to her hat all that kind of stuff the tall lanky dude he like jumps across the entire stage when he's jumping because of low gravity and then when you fight the mech instead of using the bird you're using uh hammer bros so you're just throwing hammers at the legs to like because they're armor plated that almost and seems they fall easier. Down if, it, if it jump up. Well, not with the low gravity. Oh, really? It's just a lot harder in low gravity. Yeah, because every time they move, they're jumping. See, I wasn't a fan of the the, the mech fight only because it was it was slightly different. It was one of the only boss fight that actually gave me some trouble outside of the very final one because those fucking birds, it's so inconsistent. <laughs> you pack into it and you're trying to navigate. You've only got you know so many strips of wood on the various panels of this mech that you're trying to latch into and you're just dangling around violently trying to orient yourself and peck into the right spot and get up to the top. And it was just like, it was just frustrating because it was so tedious and I, you know, I'm trying to rush my way through it. I'm like, okay, I have to stop and think and actually line this up and make sure, you know, I can't just jet to the top. The final Bowser fight. I remember I, so I texted you guys earlier today and I was like, everything this game has been ridiculously easy. And suddenly I'm thrust into the final Bowser fight and I actually have to try. And it was really frustrating. I realized that I I kept the first like four or five times I tried to beat him. I wasn't picking up the extra three heart pieces you buy from the guy right outside of the uh, wedding venue. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. So I was, I was going in with three trying to fight the guy and I, I could, the only move I couldn't avoid that killed me every goddamn time was when after you hit him into the barrier and he comes back into the middle and uh, he would do the fire spinny thing and I, I could I jump over at once I do my super jump you know my, or my backwards jump and I jump over at once and then he would come around a second time and I, I got hit every time so that was guaranteed three hits a match so once I figured out I could buy those hard pieces I never got hit by the, the fire well fuck you because you know I actually got good at the game but uh 
Wow. Yeah, I know if you do like a, a, a higher jump, like if you do a backflip or a side jump or any of those, and then you go into a throw and then dive on the hat, then you're in the air long enough that the fire isn't going to hit you on either pass. I actually, you know, I, I did not use Cappy as a platforming tool outside of, you know, possessing other creatures uh, at any point. I didn't ever utilize the dive or the, you know, extending my jump. Like I just never, ever did. As soon as I learned how to do that, that became a invaluable asset in my arsenal of platforming tricks yeah like there's no way that i would i would never take the the ascribed path from one location to another i would always do weird platformy bullshit to get from point a to point b i need to go look at some youtube videos then and some mario some tips and tricks take for example any of the i'm sure you've seen some of the videos that people have posted but the videos of people doing the koopa races the post-game koopa races those People go ham. It's on ridiculous. Those. And like, I I was proud because I got top 100 one time, but that was within the first two days. And I'm sure I'm down to like a thousandth place. Right, right. It's the same with speed running. Like people just find out the optimal paths and they grind them and they figure it out and they're shaving milliseconds off the time each time. It's just, it's crazy. I can't, I can't keep up with that, but I was proud of just getting my 97th place or whatever it was. I took a screenshot right. to make sure that I know. I remember for, for posterity. I I was I was a world champ. It's in the annals of history and no nowhere to be seen since then. Right. Uh oh. I got distracted. I got a I got a, a business text and I got distracted. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, uh. Oh no. This, this is why. <laughs> oh no. Shout out to kids' picks. Oops. What up, first grade? <laughs> Anything else you want to say about Mario before we kind of jump into a couple other brief topics before we have to um, jump into nice. You like how I did that. Yeah, that was nice. I don't know. Um, people talking about it being game of the year contender or like a 10 out of 10. I think those are two separate kind of things because I think it is a 10. It doesn't mean that it's a perfect game. It's a perfect it's Mario the perfect game. Mario game. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, you you, you saw sorry. right in my brain. I you saw, saw right in. You I saw right through me. <laughs> like it is. It's if 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 you want to play a Mario game, Odyssey will do everything you want it to do. I would argue that it's it's. I wouldn't even argue. It's the best 3D Mario game. And I love. Oh, I, I don't love. I appreciate all the 64 throwbacks in this game, especially you know seeing the Mushroom Kingdom at the end and Peach's Castle. Like that was cool. You know, and I, I have the context for that, even though I didn't beat Mario 64 and I don't even like that game. Um, it was cool, though, and I'm sure there's a lot of nostalgia there for people who love that game. 64. This is this is easily the best 3D Mario game. I think you need to play the Galaxy games for context. Okay. Because despite them not being a true Mario game, like you don't control the camera at all, just the, the nature of the stage select and the shortness of each level, like it's a lot more condensed, it's a lot more concise. And instead of having this like smorgasbord of Mario stuff in a game like Sunshine or 64 or Odyssey, you just have individual plates that you get to enjoy the plate and then move on to the next plate when you feel like it. So in some some regards, I think that Galaxy is more concise. It's more like the traditional Mario uh, games where you have a level and they design the hell out of the level and it's a great level and then you move on to another level as opposed to... We have to make one giant level and then have these kind of bite-sized challenges. Like my favorite part of Mario Odyssey were the challenge pipes where you'd go down and like do this one little thing. Sometimes you'd have to get rid of your hat. You'd have to do everything without Cappy and that was a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Or you'd have to take possession of one thing and be that thing for the the rest of the level. And there'd be two moons in there. You know, you have your regular moon and then your super secret hidden moon that you'd have to do a special thing. But if you've been playing Mario and been like, 
testing the boundaries of of what you can do then you'll probably end up finding it so that was my favorite part of the the game as far as like what i'm playing yeah and th- that was i think because i like those shorter segments so i like that i like that part of galaxy more than i like odyssey but also i, I played through galaxy one and two all the way like 100 percent of them both last summer back to back okay i can't even separate the two in my mind and it's hard enough if you haven't played them back to back, but since I did, they're just completely inseparable. They're just the same game to me. No, I'd imagine in a lot of ways, they literally are the same game. A lot of the same assets, the same mechanics, the same engine, physics, everything like that. They added some stuff in Galaxy 2, like some powers, but... And like some of the the general just like layout, but it's it's very surface level stuff, not yeah. core to the game. Well, I, do, I did appreciate the variety in, in Odyssey. You know, it, it was it was small little bite-sized segments like you were alluding to. Um, I really like just the locations. I thought that Mario always does a great job of having very colorful and unique locale. Yeah. And I've heard some people complain about, or not really complain, but they didn't really enjoy the New Donk City aesthetic. Or a lot of people were complaining about uh, the Luncheon Kingdom because of how full of lava it was. But then I'm looking at that map. I'm like, this is the same size as any of the other stages. It's just that instead of it being a cliff that you fall off of and die, it's lava that you can explore in as a little fire dude. Right. So, but then it was like so colorful and the music when you get to the, the main stage where it start playing mandolin and they're all cooking and they're all chef forks. Like, this is great. <laughs> this is exactly what I want in a game. <laughs> it was funny at the end of that level when you possess the giant steak. Well, when, oh, when be you, the meat. Yeah, you first get the, <laughs> the slice of meat. And and you're just like wiggling it like a fucking slug <laughs> off to the edge. <laughs> Which, That's me literally every morning when I'm trying to get out of bed. Yeah, right. I just <laughs> looked up to Sarah and I was like, I am a piece of steak, apparently. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, just such a what weird. Just a piece of meat to you. Just, yeah, yeah. Just a fucking weird moment, man. That made me chuckle. There's a lot of weird moments like that where you're just taking possession for a very, very short amount of time. But like you move a giant. Uh, there's the manhole cover in Udonk City. Yeah, there's a there's a tree in the wooded kingdom that you become and move. It's just like the fucking Christmas stupid. tree. <laughs> yeah, the Christmas down, tree down underneath in the dark, dark below. Dude, I didn't know that that was a location. I had to look up online what that was because I, I I was like I got all the I got all the moons. Where do I go? So I went to the hint toad and he gave me like oh explore the deep dark or whatever it was called. I'm like what the fuck is this talking about? Right. And it showed up on my map and it's like I've been there. I can't go there. <laughs> so then I had to look up online. It's like oh if you fall off the edge then you. You fall into a different area. I'm like, well, I'm just too MLG. I never fell down. Right. That's Dang. how I found out. I fucking <laughs> fell right the fuck off. And there's a giant T-Rex down there. Yeah. He's just walking back and forth and he's got a hat on so you can't possess him. But if he runs into a tree or yes. like a wall, he knocks him out and then you could be him. <laughs> I found that out. So it was funny. Actually, I was playing through that part of the level. Max from uh, Precipice Between the Two Eyeball podcast called me and uh, I was playing through on speaker with him and I fell. I was like, fuck. And I was like, oh, I'm in this secret area. And he's like, yeah, there's a T-Rex, but, you know, you have to run. There's no way you can, you know, whatever. But I ended up yeah, chasing him around. He hit the thing. His hat fell off and I took control of him uh, and was just kind of exploring down there. That was a cool little moment. The T-Rex, I, I wanted more T-Rex. All right. Yeah. There's like that and then the first uh, Cascade Kingdom. And then it's used as like a stage hazard in some of the uh, little pipe Right. One-off stages, but beyond that, you're not really the TRX. I want to be the TRX on the moon. That would have been really fucking cool. And I'm disappointed that there that there is no uh, moon wrecks. Or something more with... I know they had the weird octopus thing uh, on the moon, but like, come on. No cool aliens? Are you, are you kidding me? Or even just the water octopus. That would have been kind of cool on the moon, too, to start blasting around like a jet. Right. Oh, gosh. 
You know, my least favorite kingdom was the Bablane or whatever. The Seaside Kingdom? Yeah, is that, is that what, Bablane Beach or some shit? Yeah, Bablane is the location inside the Seaside Kingdom. Right, right, okay. So, yeah, I had, I had, I didn't really like that. I'm just not a super big fan of water levels. It's either that or the Lake Kingdom for me. The Lake Kingdom at least is smaller. So yeah. it's also, it's less interesting, but then it's not as much time spent in there. <laughs> well, it was my least favorite in a lot of respects, but probably my, my favorite mechanic from any enemy was those little squids that you could jetpack around. Yeah, those are cool. I like I, my, my personal favorite are the weird onion people with the long legs in the wooded, in the wooded kingdom. Oh, that make you. Yeah, 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 definitely. Both because they're fun to do their little challenges. They're like fun to explore around with and they make the great, the greatest noises and they look really cool. <laughs> and it's a new enemy. So that's, that's really cool. I like it when they add new stuff. Like, uh, yeah, sure. I like being a Goomba, but it's not as exciting as, of being a cool octopus and shooting water around or right. being a weird onion or being a goddamn T-Rex. I really like when you're in the snow kingdom or whatever and you take control of the the big goofy guy to do his race. Yeah. That yeah. was a lot of fun. I've heard people complain about that race by, too, but I didn't have any trouble with any of those. Because, of course, you do the one and then you can do a challenge version of that one and then you do two more challenges with different stages but i didn't have any trouble with like the actual races what in the world are people complaining about like, they're too difficult for them is that what the consensus is? i guess so i mean you can ask brian altano on twitter was he crying about it those are the only moons he hasn't gotten in the entire game for real yeah like he did the jump rope one which is total bullshit and then the the volleyball one which is even worse so how many moons can you get from the, the jump rope one you just get two you get you get one from getting it uh 10 or 20 times and then one for doing 100 jumps we all got 51 all of us, except for Andrew. I think Andrew had 90-something, but the rest of us, like four or five of us, all had 51. As soon as it ticked I up. I had 51? I didn't even check. When I looked, yeah, we all had 51. Yeah, I'm not I'm not doing it. I'm just, I'm just not going to get that moon. If I'm not going to have fun with it, then I don't need to get it. <laughs> well, fair enough. Fair enough. And that's probably what's going to keep me from, from diving too much further into this game. I'll do a cursory journey through each kingdom one more time. Yeah, definitely go through the kingdoms because now, I've, since you've beaten the game, those, uh, I'm sure you found them, those weird gray cu- cubes. Yeah. You throw your hat at them and then it unlocks the challenge moons right so you get like two or three pipes that you can go down for challenge levels and then there's the the races which i really like the races some people didn't like them but i enjoyed them yeah because i have a, i'm a big fan of just being mario and moving around and getting from point a to point b and that's what those races are so i would definitely recommend those okay and then and then they just add some other kind of shitty ones sometimes but they're just usually just sitting out sitting out there after a platform like getting from getting up to a tall building like oh how do i get up there and then you get up there and you get a moon i mean i guarantee i'm like 100 percent this game but i am going to jump in again and, and go through it and you know probably not a game i i should have spent 60 bucks on right away i've enjoyed it but it's is oh come on you spent 48 or did you download it and i went to walmart to buy it because i wanted to buy it like that <sighs> night so i didn't i didn't wait for my gamers club unlock i just wanted to go get it and i picked it up you didn't even play it till like monday afterwards i know i know that's what my problem is <laughs> so so let me use this to segue into my my latest re- like genuine regret is the night Skyrim came out. I was so desperate to play. It, I said, ah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna download uh, the digital version right to my Switch. Mm. Better loading times, whatever. And so I, you know, dropped sixty bucks on it. And oh man, I regret it. The idea of playing Skyrim on a handheld device was so tantalizing that I couldn't even wait till the next morning to go buy a physical copy of it. That's your great white buffalo right there. I know, I know, I know. I figured, well, okay, if I download it, I have better loading times and it'll always be there so I can keep one game in and then I can always jump into Skyrim to go exploring 
whenever I want, you know. Well, I downloaded it and I popped it in or I, I popped it on and, you know, it was really cool to, to see it on, you know, I was laying in bed, had the Christmas lights on, I was cozied up and I'm holding a fucking Game Boy playing Skyrim, the best RPG of all time, right? It was really a cool moment. I texted you guys and I was like, holy fuck. Well, I started playing and I realized I have not played vanilla Skyrim since 2012. I, you know, I, I built a gaming PC literally for Skyrim back in tw- tw- uh, 2012 mm-hmm. and I modded the thing out and I, you know, and that's, that's how I played and I've done it a few times over the years, man, going back to, even though it's the enhanced version, you know, it looks better in the 360 version. It, it load, the load times are astronomically better, right? So, you know, sub 10 seconds, whereas the original on 360 would be literal minutes. They go up and get a, get a sandwich while you're waiting. <laughs> Literally, that. there were times it could be up to like seven minute load times. It just uh, egregious. So that was cool. But I was playing it and I, I, I went to the first little bit and I got to Whiterun, and I, which is like the first main little town you come across uh, after the intro. And I was like, man, I really shouldn't have spent 60 bucks on this. Like, this is cool. But, you know, and I, I keep telling myself, even after they, they did the remaster, I said, I'm going to wait until it comes out on the Switch. I'm not going to mod it out and play on PC. This just made me want to go back to PC, man. And so now I'm wrestling. I haven't played it in a couple of days because I'm wrestling with like, should I just quit being a graphics whore and just enjoy Skyrim, have it handheld and just appreciate it as it is? Or do I just want to go dive into the remastered version on the PC and mod it out and get all crazy and make it like this current gen experience? And I'm, I'm stuck and I'll probably do neither. And I'll have just spent $60 on a game I'm not going to play. <laughs> right. Which is a bummer for you as a person who wants to save their money and make smart purchase decisions but at the same time it's kind of cool to reward bethesda for actually giving support to the switch yeah so in that aspect i'm like that's cool it's kind of that's pretty much half of why i bought doom yeah i didn't need to buy doom again i have it on my pc right it's not like a different game on switch but it's just a cool thing to have and it's a a vote of confidence from me to a game developer that is actually making games on nintendo platform that i haven't done since like where's Waldo on the NES or whatever. Right. It's so ridiculous. No, I, I really do appreciate that company, even though there are a lot of their games that I don't give a shit about. Yeah, but they're still they're they're doing it. They're they're a triple A publisher that's making these games that aren't like blowing the roofs off of, of people's houses. It's not like Dishonored Two. I don't think anyone cares about that. No one cares about Evil Within Two. You know, but they're they're still trying. They're still making single player games. They're not pulling an EA and making everything microtransactions and games of service yeah just like a dirty word but it's what people buy so it's kind of cool to actually say hey i'm gonna vote with my wallet and buy this thing even if i'm not 100 percent sold on playing it for 200 hours which would make it a worthwhile purchase for you or whatever you gauge a worthwhile purchase as being i just need to dive back into it on the switch and just sort of buck up and be like all right this game looks you know comparatively like like shit but it looks better than the 360 version, and it's 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 a hand. I'm, I look at it as a handheld game. You know, I play the majority of it. You know, I'll be playing in bed and whatever. So you can only polish a turd so much. You know, Skyrim's never going to look like The Witcher. It doesn't matter how many mods you put on it. The animations well, are still the animations. That's part of the charm, making the, though. Making the textures better. Whatever. Who cares? Well, there are so many mods that, that actually change. Like yeah, you can fight Thomas the Tank Engine. You can. You can right. put Shrek in there, whatever. I mean, that doesn't make the game better. That just makes it dumb. <laughs> no, man. Some of the graphical mods, it, it changes everything from not just the textures, uh, but there are mods that affect the physics, the, the lighting mods. Uh, and then there are mods that change the uh, 
like some of like the 3D rendering. So like I can't remember what it's called, but like instead of getting weird, jaggy, just messed up polygons, it mm. sort of shows its age. You know, it's now a six year old game that had been in development for five years, right? Uh, so it just it, you can make it look like a modern game, especially now that they've released the the remastered version without the four gigabyte memory limit. And so there's, you know, kind of blew the roof off, you know, to use one of your colloquialisms. Well, maybe in like a year, you'll get the creatives cl- creators club so you can pay for mods. Nah, I, won't, I won't. I won't support Do that. the one thing that Bethesda does that nobody wants. The creators club is a cool idea in some respects, but I don't know. They didn't go about the right way. Plus, it's like taking away a thing that PC users are super used to having the freedom for. It'd be like if Steam started charging for online play. Right, right. There'd be a riot. You know, no one wants that. And I think it was a pretty, pretty niche experience either way. Like that, you know, it was something people could talk about, but then in practice, nobody really took advantage of it. And it just, you know, it is what it is. I doubt it'll ever come to Switch, right? Like that's not happening. Probably not. You're right. One thing that I do appreciate about the game, especially now that I've I've spent six years with bigger open world games and, and more modern controls, uh, I could completely remap my controls. So instead of jumping with fucking Y or on the Switch's X, totally unintuitive. You know, I can I can kind of change it. I can change my what my face buttons do and, and make most of my combat all in the triggers. You know, like yeah, that's cool to be able to. To have that freedom, and Nintendo doesn't do that with a lot of their games, and so to have a Nintendo device that I can, I can really get granular with my controls. Like, cool, good for you, Bethesda. I saw someone on the on the Switch subreddit, someone with, oh, I don't want to misquote it now. Maybe I don't know, like muscular dystrophy or something, or maybe yeah, I saw the thread. I didn't actually read through. Yeah, it. something that prevented him from using standard controls, let alone motion controls. And they were talking about that. So that's cool. That And that's something I took advantage of. Uh, I hope maybe, maybe that's incentive for you to like try Skyrim again. You can kind of make the controls, whatever you want them to be to suit your taste as a, as a souls fan. And maybe you can dive into that world and maybe let the open world, uh, action RPG, you in the ass we'll see maybe it's it's never the buttons dude it's not about <laughs> what you're pressing it's about the actual encounters and like how you you fight enemies dark souls and skyrim are literally nothing alike no i know it's like comparing castlevania to dra- dungeons and dragons <laughs> okay that's that's a little hyperbolic but i see what you're saying i know i know they're nothing alike because in skyrim you can like be like holding an attack button and you're swinging like an mmo you just keep swinging and then sometimes you miss even though you're definitely hitting them so i mean that's kind of like a layover from not layover but it's kind of leftover from the other elder scrolls games where you know obsidian or not obsidian but uh morrowind and uh oblivion oblivion that's it yeah they were more like that because they started off as like this is a visual representation of dungeons and dragons but you know that was a cool thing but it's the current year, EJ. Come on. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe one night you can give it a go. And I doubt. I mean, how you 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 couldn't have put more than two hours into Skyrim in your life, right? Probably not. No, I mean, you just said well, that's for me without actually getting into the meat of what makes it Skyrim. You know. Well, I mean, I think I know myself well enough, enough to be the gauge of what I'm into. Fair enough. Something I want you to try, though, I want you to try near Automata. We talked about this on the last podcast. Yeah, one of the last podcasts. I don't even know anymore at this point. Two podcasts ago. Yeah, one of the last times we recorded. 
I don't know. It just seems uh, like you said, you, you know yourself. Uh, that probably is not a game. It's a game I'll try if I'm at your place. You put a controller in my hand, I'll try it. Because I haven't really played many. I don't think I've played any other Platinum games except for the demo for Wonderful 101, which I didn't really like that very much. Yeah. Because the Force uses the tablet and that's just like kind of gross. <laughs> but for, for what I've, from what I can tell, it's similar combat to say like Bayonetta and you've played Bayonetta, didn't you? Or did you, did you not like that? I know you own it. No, I liked it. I liked it fine. Yeah, I didn't. I played it for a few hours. I liked it. It was cool. So just from what I could tell, it seems like people can correct me if I'm totally off base here, but it seems like the action and the moment to moment of a Bayonetta style game mixed with the customization and the leveling up and the RPG kind of elements of having different weapons. Okay. So that might, that might kind of grab you and it's a more open world. It's not, I'm, I've been spoiled by Zelda now. So the open world aspect of it, I'm like, this is kind of not the greatest. I mean, sure. You can teleport between different like checkpoints and like waypoints, but the actual geometry of it, I can, I'm like, Oh, I could totally go in there. Oh, I can't go in there. Invisible yeah. walls. But I'm sure someone like you, who's played more traditional open worlds that might be able to get past that kind of minor nitpick. Right. We, we were talking about this on in the group chat about, you know, game of the year. And is it going to be Zelda? And is it going to be, you know, whatever it's Zelda. It, it it probably will be, but I don't even think Zelda's my favorite open world game I played that month, right? Like, I, I think Horizon's better in so many ways. It, Horizon came out a month before. It came out in February, technically. Right, right, right. But, <laughs> come on, the sentiment stands. Uh, no, I think, I, I think Zelda does so much wrong or poorly, but it's Zelda. And it was a refreshing change of pace for that franchise. And there was a lot it did right in its own way that we hadn't really seen before. So, and, and exploration uh, or, or traversal, you know, navigating the map is, is one of those things that was like, you literally have complete freedom to run, jump, dive off of anything and get into anything mm-hmm. and get anywhere. That is something that I do miss playing other open world games. But I, I think there's a lot about that game. It was like, that game was good it was a good zelda game it did a lot of great new things but again i i'm not even sure it could be my game of the year it obviously had the most hype and it was like return to form for nintendo and like there's so much more about w- what that game stands for and what it means for games and for nintendo that you know it's not just the game itself but i mean i don't know i, I feel like i want to jump back into that game now with a little more context and haven't like sat with it for a while i want to jump back into it mm-hmm. um i enjoyed it though i had a good time with it but Game of the year for me, probably not, but we'll get into that again. We you know when we do the game of the year pod, but yeah, it's uh, tough because I haven't played horizon. So all of what I can speak of it is like either what I've heard or what I've seen. Yeah. So it's kind of translated through a filter. Yeah. But just from looking at it and looking at Zelda, it seems like Zelda does more new things. It's a more pivotal moment in game design and more people are going to be copying Zelda than they are copying Horizon because Horizon is a lot more derivative in nature. It's like taking the best of Tomb Raider and The Witcher and maybe even like Infamous, but like just other open world games. Whereas Zelda, it seems like, I mean, this is exact, like totally just from what I've seen, seems like it's just a brand new thing and it's a lot less like aping in its style and its implementation. What did Zelda do that no one else had done? Honestly, being able to climb anywhere and being able to use a glider to get from a high up location, like it rewards your climbing by giving you more freedom in your movement. Okay. So that's something I I really appreciate and I would love to see more of. But outside of that, 
I thought it's puzzle implementation and having those four core things from the very beginning was just a total boon in game design. And for a Zelda series in general, where it was like, oh, I'm going to go to a dungeon, I'm going to get an item and I'm going to use the item in the dungeon and beat the boss. And that's going to, I'm going to use the item to get into the next dungeon, but never use it again. You get terrible examples of that with like shit in Twilight Princess where you have that spinning top thing where you never use it and it's, it's a crappy thing. So you don't, it's, they don't need to do that anymore. The only thing that was missing that I think was missing from, from uh, Breath of the Wild was like a hookshot, but that would, you don't need a hookshot because you can climb anything. Right. And you can go from a tall, tall thing to another tall thing by flying there. So it, it kind of supersedes that necessity. Yeah, I think it was a, a drastic improvement for the Zelda franchise, which has really been stuck in their ways for a very, very long time. And people still like that. And I, I would still play another Zelda game. It's just, I think it's reached its its peak. It's similar to how Mario Odyssey, you're not expecting it to do anything new because Mario is already great. You don't need to make it a new thing. You just have to make more of it. Yeah. So if they made another Zelda game and made it more like Twilight Princess or Wind Waker, if they made a Wind Waker 2, you would play that in a heartbeat. 100%. If they just made the Wind Waker again, both like different dungeons, you'd play that. Yeah. So I, I appreciate, I applaud Nintendo for doing a new thing and taking a risk, which they haven't really done with Zelda uh, aside from like weird side spinoff things like Triforce Heroes. Yeah. In a long, long time. I still argue that if, if, this was any other game done just the way this game was, but had a different skin. It wasn't Zelda. didn't have Zelda characters. People would, would, would not be talking about it. Like it's the best game of all time. That's fine. People can like what they like. I have no problem with it. People talking about it's the best game ever. Like it's certainly better than Ocarina of time. I don't put that on the best game of all time. That, that, that doesn't deserve to be up on that pedestal. So something finally usurped that like that. I'm thankful for that. But Oh, speaking of which Ocarina of time, 19 year anniversary today. Hmm. There's a little Good fun job. fact for you, but it did it. Um, it did it. <laughs> it made it. It's still here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, but, but if it were any other game, people would have really seen the flaws of which I think there were many and some really ruined what would have been a, a flawless experience for me uh, in a lot of ways, just really grinded my gears the wrong way. But, and I'm fine. I'm fine with that though. It's a, it's a metrics thing and it's what you're measuring it for. Because for me, Zelda did so much new and was so innovative and was an amazing experience. I think I played 140 hours of that game, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to play 140 hours of any other game that came out this year. This is not going to happen. Right. And it's not because it's a big game. It's because I kept wanting to play it. Sure. If it was smaller, I would have played it for less time. Yeah. Uh, just because I, I played it until there was nothing left to do. And that was a lot to do. And each of the shrines were just little... I love the shrines. The shrines were levels of portal, but in a Zelda game. Right. And it, it's just a, I just think there's, there's very little argument that you can make that it, any other game is greater than Breath of the Wild this year or even this generation. Damn, son. Holy crap. That's quite the statement. Dude, there's been like, look at the last like three years and people, what they made their game of the year award towards. Like Giant Bomb last year had Hitman, their, their game of the year. That's super weird to me. And the game behind that was Doom. So it's like Doom is good, but it's not great. You know, right. There's a total difference and it's hard to, for me to like communicate it, but there's just this quintessence, sure. kind of uh, this untouchable kind of element to a game that makes it timeless and makes it like just so perfect despite its flaws. I think part of it is just, is the narrative surrounding it, the nostalgia. There's a reason that Zelda clones don't do well. Like there are a million Call of Duty clones, right? And they all do fine. 
what other Call of Duty clones do fine? Titanfall didn't sell for shit last year. Well, no, unfortunately, Titanfall was cannibalized by EA's other release that year, uh, which is just another fucking Call of Duty game, Battlefield. I think Battlefield's not very close to Call of Duty. Call of Duty, I think, took a lot of cues from like Counter Strike in a way, as far as its multiplayer elements, and that's what people play it for. But I'm just saying, there's a reason that, like, on a, on a large scale, as far as AAA games go, there are no games like Zelda. And Zelda, that formula was super stale. Even though we were only getting those games every five years or whatever. And so I think that's just Nintendo can do that because it's it's that experience is unique to like Nintendo and what they do. And I'm totally fine with that. It's just it's just when I'm trying to separate, I'm trying to sort of dig into the narrative surrounding it and being like, okay, why do people love this game so much? And I'm not questioning it. Like I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just trying to understand it better because while I enjoyed it, it certainly wasn't my favorite Zelda game. It certainly wasn't the you know the best game I've played this year. My favorite game I played this year. Um, so I'm just trying to understand it better, which I think could be different. But I just think for for me, like just if you're going by game of the year, it's more than the sum of its parts. And part of what makes this Zelda so like unique and interesting is is how much they did buck the trend, and no one was really like they've been talking about it for a long time. Yeah, and people are like, okay, yeah, sure, but then they totally put their money where their mouth was and exceeded people's expectations. And I thought that that's kind of part of the. That's part of the, the conversation with it. And you could say, like, if this was any other game, if it had a different skin, it would be not received as well. But I think that's also because there's it's part of the it's part of the history of it. Right. And you can't separate that. You can't there's no way you could imagine a world where this game came out and it wasn't Zelda. So Yeah. That kind of that kind of skews the conversation right there. Like if No Man's Sky came out and it was exactly what Breath of the Wild is, but it just looked like No Man's Sky. Right. People would like people would would like that game more than they did when it actually came out, right? <laughs> For sure. But it didn't. So and you talk if you talk about Zelda clones, there've been none that reach the polish and the 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 quality that any of the Zelda games have. No, totally. So to to compare them and to be like, "Oh, people only like this because it's Zelda" is kind of an unfair kind of observation. Like people like Darksiders even though that's essentially a Zelda clone, maybe a little bit less polished, which is, you know, because THQ does isn't going to dump several million dollars into a game like Nintendo can and will and does. Yeah, I think the reason we don't see a lot of polished Zelda clones is because I don't think there's much of a desire. Even though Zelda games are so few and far between, I just don't think there's a desire uh, the, the way there are for, for some other types of games. And I don't, I don't think... It might it, also just be really hard to make, too. Honestly. I mean, Zelda games are... The combat is, is fucking cookie-cutter, and it's just, it's just a fucking puzzle game. Like, I, it's not like... Well, yeah. I like the I like the the puzzle elements in Zelda games a lot more than the combat elements. Oh, of course, and that, that's why you play the Zelda games. It's all about the puzzle and, and exploration, right? But the puzzle solving and exploration, rather. But um, I, yeah. I, I, again, I don't think there's a huge demand for that sort of game. But when it's Zelda, I, I think a lot of the stuff Nintendo does, people don't care if it's not Nintendo. You know, there's a reason a lot of those genre, like we don't see Metroidvania games unless they're like rinky dink, you know, indie titles that you buy for fifteen dollars. See a million Metroidvanias. That's like the one genre that Nintendo made that everyone can ape, which I think is probably one of the reasons why Nintendo doesn't make a lot of Metroid games. They're a lot of what they do is pushed by innovation. But I'm saying name name a big budget Metroidvania game. Like it's all Metroid. Me, when's the okay? We got we got <laughs> Samus Returns. Okay, yeah. but like before that, like Metroid was dead. I'm just saying the like, handheld Castlevania games. I don't know how big budget they were. I mean, it's just a it's a 2D genre. It doesn't translate as well into 3D. 
I guess you could say Dark Souls is kind of a Metroidvania in some aspects. You don't get new moves, but the way you explore your terrain is similar. Yeah. Star Fox was a tech demo. F-Zero was a tech demo. Animal Crossing was really big and cool on 64 disk drive, but that never came west, so they ported it to GameCube and then it took off. So that was just like a cool life sim. They made Pikmin because Miyamoto likes to garden. Like they have very kind of weird uh, reasonings behind why they make their games. They're not focus testing their shit. They're just like, we made a month. They made a fun thing. We built it out to its logical conclusion, and then we sold it, and it became popular, or it didn't. And only Nintendo can do that. Yeah, I mean they're the only ones that make enough money to do that. You see, Sony's kind of they. Sony did that a little bit with like their indie kind of development in uh, the PS3, and like kind of pushing towards those small titles and doing stuff like you know uh, Little Big Planet. I think that was that was a, that's a Nintendo ass game. Oh, totally. Katamari Damashi is like you look at Katamari and you're like that's a very Nintendo game but it's on Sony yeah I think it's just kind of a lot of the Japanese kind of work ethic I think might have some sort of influence on that and just the the nature of how the businesses ran and who gets promoted I'm sure has some sort of influence over the decisions they make in the long run oftentimes to their detriment you know a lot of very, oh, yeah, very sure. traditional very uh, strict and stubborn in a lot of their decision making uh, and sort of an unwillingness, I think, sometimes to to be objective and 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 make the decision to sort of join the party, so to speak, you know, and do what everyone else is doing. They want to do it the way they've always YouTube done. YouTube and fan games, well, and that kind of stuff. That's certainly an aspect of it. But well, let's uh, let's move into our last thing here before we have to call it uh, a night. I just wanted to follow up on the Battlefront, the EA controversy, because yeah, very little to add. I mean. We talked about it pretty heavily last time. Sure, but that podcast is going up in the morning and and a lot has changed, I think, since, you know, they came out, they removed microtransactions completely from the game. Right, but they didn't remove the uh, things you spent the microtransactions on. So you're still progressing with loot boxes. It's just that you're only spending in-game currency as opposed to being able to spend real money. They also cut the prices of, of in-game, uh, the in-game prices for these characters and, and other various things by like 70% or something. They cut it more. We talked about it last time that they cut it by 75%. So I don't know if they've. Oh, did we? Yeah. I didn't see if we, if they've cut it more since then. I don't think they have. What was that Thursday night? That Oscar Gabrielson of Dice made that, uh, post that image on Twitter. I'm sure they posted on their blog too, but I just thought that was, oh, this is where I get my news now. <laughs> right. No. Uh, yeah. Well, they, they, they dropped it even further, I believe. And they removed the microtransactions so they can sort of figure out what the hell they want to do. Um, couple what things. Fiasco. I know it's just a disaster. And you know what's frustrating about it is the fact that EA would have never. I mean, e, fuck EA. I, I I so so hate that Disney gave EA the rights to these these games for the the decade. I hate it. Of all the companies, this was the worst choice. But it's frustrating that they they were content with their you know seven hundred fifty thousand down votes, and they were content just leaving it as is. It wasn't until Disney. Let's see. Venture Beat is reporting that EA, EA CEO Andrew Wilson spoke with Disney boss Bob Iger. Bob Iger is literally God. Yeah. Okay. Bob yeah. Iger had to be like, fix this now. And that's when they decided, all right, we better fix this and remove microtransactions. Like they would have been content leaving it and just pissing everybody off and saying, you know, like you had brought up last time, we're okay with the 5% or the 1% of people who are spending all of their money on this than we do about. 99% of, of our fans and the people buying this game. We don't care. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, people complained and that's what made the change. It wouldn't have been like this if people bought it and didn't spend as much money. Like voting with your wallet counts, 
but making a big stink can also count, especially with uh, a franchise that is as important to Disney as Star Wars. Well, that's crazy because we were just talking about last time about how voting with your wallet doesn't matter in the long run because it's such a minority, right? But they're going to put microtransactions back on the game at a later date. And hopefully it'll be done, you know, tastefully. It won't ruin the game for anyone. But um, this is more about Disney, I think. Nah, it's it's mostly EA. Disney wouldn't wouldn't care about there being microtransactions if people didn't make a stink about it. If someone if someone just told them, oh, there's microtransactions in the game, like, do you think that's the first game that Disney's ever no. oversaw that had microtransactions? Look at any Disney mobile game. How do you think they make money? A lot of companies would just ignore the stink because it wouldn't matter. At least Disney was aware enough to be like, oh, they're making a stink and they made a change or forced someone to make a change. A very big stink. I mean, CNN and w- or MSNBC were like reporting on it. But the fact that EA would have done nothing despite that had had Disney had not, you know, had not stepped in themselves. Like it's just Disney had more at stake because they're putting out a Star Wars movie in a month. That's true. EA is making this game and it's going to make money regardless. It doesn't matter what they do to the game. It's going to make money hand over fist. It's just a a public image kind of thing for Disney. Yeah. Well, no, I, I guess I get that. And at least they're, they're, they're aware of it in a way some other companies not. But I was going to say Yellowstone could fucking erupt tomorrow and obliterate this half of America and Last Jedi would still be the highest grossing movie of all time. But, you know, yeah, fuck EA. I, I saw some of the Black Friday deals on, on Battlefront and I said, I'm not buying it. I'll wait till it's dirt cheap. I'll play the single player campaign, which I hear is really short and disappointing. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I've heard really bad things about the, the single player. So that that's just a, a huge stinker. Like they had every chance to fix this game. Give us what we wanted after the last time. And they, they just really fucked the dog. <laughs> They really, they just, they bent that dog over that poor pooch. They, they screwed the pooch, folks. Oh man, poor boyo. So something that I wanted to talk about that we're not going to be able to talk about. Five years of the Wii U this month, or this week. Oh my God. A, de- a half decade, dude, of Nintendo's worst console of all time. Nintendo, they, oh man, they really misread the tea leaves on that one. Let's, uh, let's, t- let's save this for the next pod. I think there's a lot, we, we've talked a lot about the Wii U on this podcast you know, in, 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 in you know, comparison to the Switch or the NX at the time before we knew anything about it. We, we spent a lot of time talking about the Wii U and why it was a failure. No, I mean, every time anyone's ever talked about the Wii U, it's always been a port- post-mortem. I mean, even a year after that thing came out, it was like RIP. <laughs> I would love to, next pod, I would love to dedicate uh, a, a, a hearty segment to talking about our love for the Wii U, our Wii U memories, and some of our favorite games because I own every game worth owning on the Wii U. I love the console. I think it did a lot of things really well uh it sucks that it just never took off obviously it led to the switch and if the wii u had been successful we wouldn't have the switch so i'm thankful it worked out the way it did we're gonna um, assemble the wii u classic <laughs> just every game ever released all nine of them uh, good one good one nice but uh just like the n64 uh no i i would love to do a little deep dive on that because there are a lot of games that I think the best iteration of exists on the Wii U. Smash Bros, Mario Kart. Although Mario Kart exists on Switch now, but... Name one not console exclusive that's played best on Wii U. Not console exclusive? Yeah. Well, I'm only talking about console exclusives. I don't, there were no third-party games whatsoever, so... I'm, I'm, only, I'm talking about Nintendo's offerings here. Like, it was... They did a lot of great things on that console, even though they gave up on it four the years Animal ago. Animal Crossing. Oh, come on! <laughs> You're just trying to poke holes here. Come on, man. Paper, paper Mario. Oh, wow. I think I bought that. Kirby. I, I never played it. But anyway, I, I, I would like to... <laughs> You're a real son of a gun. Star Fox. Wow. 
I'm not saying it wasn't without its faults. It's not even hard for me to name these things, too. It's just uh, those, those. There were, there were missteps and there were some weird experiments, but, you know, there was also some, there were some really great moments on that thing. And, I mean, Mario Kart, Splatoon, Smash Bros., there's a reason two of those games exist on their current console. You know, Mario was a Wii U game. 110%. This game would have been released a year and a half ago if the Wii U hadn't failed. No, the, not a year and a half ago. Bro, Odyssey was a fucking port to the Switch. I'm Mario has fully a long tail. It. it would have come out October this year on the Wii U if the Wii U hadn't been 100% dead. Well, either way, it was a Wii U game. and uh, Well, yeah, so it was Zelda. Yeah. Every game that has come out on the Switch it does not take um, a second to, to make. Right. They had a contingency, a contingency plan that got set in motion because the Wii U sales were totally bombed. Yeah. And they knew that within the first two years of that thing coming out. But... Let's talk about it. We'll think about it. I want to bring some of my favorite games to the table. I would love to do a little retrospective and not talk about what a failure the system was because I had the thing. I've, you know, I think I got my Wii U in 2013 and I've loved every moment with it. Oh, I know. I'm just, I'm just shitting on it now. So yeah. next time I feel a little more cleansed and I can speak <laughs> with a, a more positive tone. Hell yeah. Well, just, we won't get so much into the minutia, uh, you know, the, the, the details of, you know, Again, why it failed, the sales, but let's talk about our memories with it. We have a lot of great shared memories revolving around that little shitty black box. So it's true. It's very true. Little, uh, I've got some ridiculous video that none of you have seen. What? Oh, yeah. Of us playing Smash Bros. Sam stage dove onto all of us off of the back of a couch while we were playing Smash Bros. I have a video of all this. Was that the, was that the, the house or is that at the, the beach house? I was at the house, dude. Damn. Yeah. Downstairs in the downstairs. Yeah. Before you guys uh put that wall in, I think, too. Before the room was built? Maybe. Maybe after huh. after you remember so that, was a, right. that was a big kind of downstairs before that got built. I don't Well, I got built like pretty soon. I don't think that I think that room was there yeah, by you the might, time you I might. had a Wii U at least. You might be right. But either way, yeah. Um I have a bunch of video from that. We had the GoPros going because I don't know what I was doing. Trying to get some silly footage for a YouTube thing when I was at school. Just gotten a GoPro and you brought it over or something? Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, let's do that next time. And there's something else I want to talk about next time, but we'll get there. We'll get there next week. You're not even going to tease it on this one because I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, I can't remember. There was something that... Uh, Game Awards. That's oh, all. Is that next week? Well, Game Awards is on the 6th. Well, I'm saying, should we do that next week? Let's do it next week. Let's plan on that. Yeah, we should probably do Let's give ourselves week. plenty of time. That, that could be a two and a half hour podcast. Anyway, we're yeah, just yip yapping here. Let's fucking. Yeah, and I'm uh, just I'm thinking, and I'm, that's not that doesn't make for good radio. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. All right, y'all. This has been the Cosmic Crusade podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for banging with us. Oh, nice. <laughs> we'll see y'all on the uh, the flippity flop. How old am I? What am I saying? I was gonna say here. I'll ch- check you on the flippy flappy. <laughs> flippy flop. All right. See you later, Jobin. Ciao.